In today's show, we're looking back at Sunday's action in the NBA, looking at all seven games. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me, as always, on Twitter. That was the wrong way around. On Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball. And on TikTok, at RedRock underscore B-Ball. Instagram, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. And Substack, JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk about the action from um, old mate, what's it called? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. That's the day in the NBA we're looking at. Sorry, everything's finishing so early today that I'm throwing off my schedule. So let's hit some news. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, some updates for tomorrow that we didn't cover on the What to Watch For show earlier today. Both Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, and Al Horford are out. Again, what I talked about on that uh, What to Watch For show about Horford sticks. So many people wanted to drop Al Horford. Oh, should I drop Horford? Williams is almost back. Horford's missing so much time. He is missing some time. I do not believe that he has a drop. If he is dropped in a league, I would add him. It is frustrating. The back-to-backs and the lying about the back-to-backs is frustrating. COVID hit him, and now he's recovered from COVID, and he's out for a personal issue. This happens, all right? It's frustrating. I wouldn't drop him. For the Grizzlies, John Morant and Steven Adams are both listed questionable. We're really close to adding Tyus Jones. We don't know whether Jar's going to play or not. Adding Jones might work. Adding Clark might work. Neither might work. But sometimes you've got to take that chance. Uh, and they both would be excellent streams, Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones, if Steven Adams and John Morant sit respectively. And then Norman Powell is out again for the Clippers. Everyone else is ready to go, though. So Kawhi and George and Wall and Jackson, all these guys who have missed some time recently, are all ready to go for the Clippers. So that's the most recent update injury news um, in those ones. We'll talk about some other injuries that did happen today in their respective games. We might as well get straight into that right now. Game one, the early one, the Suns and the Pelicans. On the uh, pregame show today, we live reacted to this, uh, not the overtime, because I only did the, the regulation part of it. That was a fun little thing that we did. I hope you guys found it fun. The Pelicans win it. They uh, they win it in the end, 129-124. How good are they? Number one seed in the West. Is Zion an MVP candidate? I, uh, I had to submit a top five MVP listing for um, ESPNs. They do like a media straw poll. And it was hard. The top five of the MVP is hard. Tell me who you t- your top five is. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who I put mine is, and then they can put that article out because they're not going to name it by name. My top five today for MVP was Luka, Tatum, Jokic, Stefan, Giannis. And I don't feel good about it. Could have, had, could have had Booker in there. Could have had Zion in there. Someone else I'm missing. But that's, that's the top five. Who is your top five MVP? Again, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel confident with it. But that was what I put through. Anyway, back to this game. On the Sun side of things, Chris Paul, 34 minutes, six points. No threes, 30% shooting, 11 assists. He's been quite poor. 
outside the top 60 this season. We've never really seen that from Chris, Chris Paul. I do not think you should expect a top 20, top 25, or top 30 season from Chris Paul. In fact, I think top 40 might be pushing it. He can still get there. But I do have confidence that Chris Paul is going to shoot better than this. He's taking more threes this season for some reason. He doesn't have the same explosion or the same willingness to score. But I think he's better than this. So there's a little bit of a buy low here for Paul. Obviously, injury risk included. I wouldn't give up a top 50 player for him. Yeah, he's outside the top 100 over the last week. I would, I'd look into it. But in a lot of cases, I'd probably just let it slide by. There was no Devin Booker in this game. So when we see Mikhail Bridges score 27 points on 23 usage, taking 23 shot attempts, we go, ah. And then we go, oh, yeah, Booker's out. And then we see DeAndre Aiden going 28 and 12 with five assists on 18 shot attempts, 72%. You go, ah. And you go, ah, because Booker's out. So it's great to see Bridges do this. It's great to see Aiden do this. And our immediate reaction, especially if we have these guys in our team, and especially Aiden, ah, oh, switch is flipped. He's aggressive. He's assertive. Yeah, but like taking Booker out changes everything. So while that's fantastic, it's great for a Sunday in fantasy. I look at this and go, it tells me nothing really. Like I don't think it does tell you tell us anything moving forward because Booker comes back and then he could go back and be the passive fourth option. It's great. It's great that it happened. I don't think it's an indicator of anything. Remember when Josh Okogi was playing 26 minutes a night? Well, he played six minutes here. While Dario Saric started for Booker. I, Saric just looks bad, man. The ACLs killed him. Like, not literally, obviously. But he's just not good anymore at all. Um, Damo Lee played 34 minutes with Booker out. Two threes. Hit his free throws. 12 points. He's a good streamer if Booker remains out. While Tory Craig had 14 and 7 in 36 minutes. He is also worth having on your 12-team league at the moment. Cameron Payne played extra minutes with Booker out, 17 points for Payne with three assists. I do not believe that Payne is a 12-team league guy, and I think you can jack him. Get that garbage out of here! And Shamit is bad, although we did have three steals in this one. For the Pelicans, old mate Larry Nance played 34 minutes. He had 15, 7, and 4, four steals and two blocks. We highlighted him on the cover of one of my shows over the weekend. He's a must-roster player. He's a top 90 player for the season. There are going to be weird games where he plays 21 minutes, but he is so very clearly a better fit on this team than Jonas Valanciunas and a better fit with Zion Williamson that he is going to get good minutes every night when they need him. He is a must-roster player. Points leagues, maybe not. Right, Much worse in points leagues. Not even He's not even top 130 in points leagues. Category leagues, absolutely. Absolutely. Christian James McCollum. Good game from him. 29-4-7 with two steals while Zion continues to be pretty unstoppable. 35-8-3, two triples, 67% shooting. 71 from the Lions, a little bit of a disappointment. But you know that if you go in and punt free throws with Zion, his value is going to skyrocket. And old mate Najee Marshall, he has been on a roll. 16-5-5. He's shooting the ball well, but the 36 minutes. Now, where does he go when Ingram and Jones returns? That's the big question. And it's probably nowhere near 12-team value. But for now, just keep streaming him. It was a stinker from Jose Alvarado, just 10 minutes, two points, missed all three of his shots, had some foul trouble. We had him as the, maybe we have a look at him while these guys are out, but I doubt it maintains long-term. And then we got a data point to say, oh, maybe it doesn't even maintain when everyone's out, which is disappointing. He's a streamer for steals. Dyson Daniels hurt his knee, but returned. 11-1-8. and eight. I think he's really going to be a good player, but this sort of playing time is not available. While I would still hold Trey Murphy, 9-7, two steals and a block. What about the uh, the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas? Jonas Vassal Inouye Um, It's safe to say he's been dreadful. Um, 
yeah, that's that is one of the ones that I did get right in the preseason about avoiding him. Hated his ADP, had no interest in it whatsoever. Therefore, didn't draft him anywhere. And it's he's been much worse than I thought. So you know, I can take credit and say, "Ah, oh, I told you not to drive." In the end, that doesn't matter because I didn't think he'd be this bad, right? Nowhere, nowhere near that. I would have happily taken him in like the eighties, which is where I think I had him. But not like this. This is horrible. I still think he's a hold, eight and ten in eighteen minutes. But he's clearly not a fit next designer. That was the worry I had. I just didn't know that Willie Green would be so aggressive about actually doing the right thing. And you know what? You can't argue with it. They're killing it. They're dominating. Um, I don't know what more else there is to talk about with this team. That's probably it, I'd say. Yeah, Pelicans, they're good. Would you say that they are favored in the Western Conference? I know I'm asking you guys a lot of questions. Drop them in the comments. Today's episode is brought to you by rocketmoney.com. It used to be called Truebill. And you know what it is. You've got subscriptions. You subscribe to services. Streaming services, beer services, food delivery boxes, pet toys, whatever it is. But sometimes it's hard to keep a track of what you're subscribing to and what you aren't. Rocket Money can come in, look at all your subscriptions, and even find ones you don't even remember, and they can cancel them for you. They can save you all that money just by telling them, hey, get rid of this stuff. Really simple thing to do that can end up having a big impact on your life. You know that thing, you go to cancel a subscription and they hide the option to cancel. And then it's like, oh, please just answer these three questions as to why you want to cancel. Oh, do you actually want to cancel? We'll give you 10% off the next two months. Are you sure you want to cancel? We can do this. How about you do this? You're going to be missing this. Like, shut up, mate. I just want to cancel my subscription. I'm outsourcing that to Rocket Money now. They can deal with all that and they can cancel these subscriptions and save me my money. So cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Also, don't forget to check out Locked On Sports today. That's our show that covers everything across the sports landscape every day. All the big stories covered for you there. Next game. It is the Hornets and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers win this one, 131-113, the final score. Not that that is a huge surprise, given that, yeah, how bad um, Charlotte is. But Terry Rozier, slump busted. Well, the shooting slump is 29-8-6 with five threes and 50%. Still can't get a single steal to save his life. But this is what we knew would happen. I didn't know that he'd go back to being a great shooter, but I thought he'd get better than a 36% shooter. This is how this stuff generally works. Mason Plumley, the cockroach, 7-12-5, a steal and a block. Solid game, while McDaniels had 15-5-3 and three and three steals. We just keep rolling with McDaniels until the mellow ball returns. Oubre, I, you're always going to lose when your team goes, number one option, Kelly Oubre. You're always going to lose. Maybe that's the idea. 29 points is great for him. Like It's it's good, but it leads to no winning. Uh, it's it's pretty stupid, in my opinion, too. And I didn't think Steve Clifford would have such an affinity. That was one thing I really screwed up. I thought, you know... Clifford's going to watch Uber and go, this bloke, seriously, poor shot selection, never passes, doesn't defend. He's going to be on the ass, get the ass out of the rotation. Now, it, it helps him with Ball and Haywood out, but I didn't think that Kelly Ubre, Steve Clifford love affair would be something I'd be talking about this season. 29-3-1 for Ubre with two steals. His steals have been excellent this season, I'll give him that. And he remains a 12-team league guy and probably will for a while. Paul Washington stunk four points, four rebounds, two steals, 17%. Yes, I believe he is a hold. It has been rough from PJ this season, but I do believe he is a hold. While Kai Jones played 13 minutes and um, Bryce McGowan's another 23. Bryce is playing well, but it is with Smith and Ball out. I like what I see from him in dynasty formats. Big Dick Nick had 9 and 8 in 21 minutes. He's not really 12 or 14 team league valuable 
at this um, at this point in his career. Let's go on to the Philadelphia side of things. Um, Embiid just dropped a casual 53. This is something that is just etched in stone. I believe Jon Snow saw it on that cave along with the pictures of the White Walkers back in Game of Thrones. It was like, you know, these guys are coming from the north and centers will dominate against the Hornets. It's a tale as old as time. It happens every every game. 50, doesn't matter who's in there. Helps him to make some plumbing, but doesn't matter who it is. 53 and 12, two triples, one block. 63% for Embiid, 11-11 from the line. Sick. Harden had nine, 19, 9, and 16 with three threes and a block. Also sick. And Toby Harris had 17 and 4 with three steals and a block. Toby Harris steals. Is this a real thing? Like, we were worried about his usage this season, and it was below 20, and there's still no max. And that, that's, that's fine. But now he gets steals? Double his steal rate? Hmm. I find it really hard to trust that. But we're 30% through the season, and it's still going. The wave pool had 12 points with four triples, a steal and a block with four rebounds. That's DeAnthony Melton here. But only played 28 minutes in this game, but he remains a must-roster player, while PJ Tucker scored three points. That's probably three more than I expected to be fair. Shake had 11 points in 21 minutes. He's just a stream for points, and he is under no circumstance a 12-team uh, league must-roster player. The next one is the Lakers up against the Detroit Pistons. The Lakers... Get the victory in this one on the road. 124-117. Davis, 34-15-7. Two steals and a block. 67-83. and 83. It's a sensational game. He remains the number one player in fantasy this season. Amazingly. He's been great. And LeBron was awesome too. 35-5-5 and five on great percentages. After that, it gets a little bit rough. But it was a good game from Lonnie Walker. Hello. And I know that the Lonnie Walker fan club is going to say that I'm a hater. And why? I don't hate him at all. I'm just trying to be realistic about where he sits. 18 points is really good. Two rebounds, zero assists is not. Zero free throw attempts is not. And for him to actually get this game, he had to shoot 70% and had to go four of six from three. And if you think those things are going to happen every game, you're bloody wrong. So for Lonnie Walker to have a game like this, which is solid, it requires stuff that is completely unsustainable. Lonnie Walker is a very empty point scorer who will have the occasional hot game and then shoot 42% for six straight games. I do not believe Lonnie Walker is a 12-team must-roster player. He's been really good value for the Lakers this season, better than I expected he would be. He's been solid for them, but for a fantasy perspective, like he's not a top 130 player. He's not top 140 in points leagues. That's not a must-roster player. Nor is Dennis Schroeder. Yep, jack him. Five points in 33 minutes, five assists. There's just no way for him to be valuable on a team with Westbrook, James, and um, Davis. There's no way. It was obvious. We're seeing a play out. If you're stubbornly holding on, you're a stronger man than I am. Or woman. Get rid of him. Pat Beverly did nothing. Five points in 24 minutes. While Austin Reeves hit three threes for nine points, but he's not a 12-team league guy. He's a streamable, like, 14-teamer. The worry here with Westbrook is 21 minutes. That, that has to be a worry. Price of the brick going up. But he had nine assists. He had 11 points. He shot 56%, but 21 minutes. And this is because Reeves and Schroeder and Beverly and Walker, all these guys get playing time. I'm still holding Russ, I think, if you know, you've got the ability to withstand some of the bad percentages at times. But that is a terrible sign for where things go moving forward. It's 21 minutes. For the Pistons, uh, what do we do with this team where everyone who played except Kevin Knox, who played 13 minutes. Everyone played over 20 minutes, and only one person got over 30. 
That was Boyan Bogdanovich, who had 38 points in 35 minutes with six threes of steal on a block. He's been great this season, and this is another great performance. And then everyone else just all over the shop. Killian Hayes only played 25 minutes, had five points. But he did have nine assists, and I think he's a 12-team hold. Marvin Bagley, I think, had eight points in the first like, five minutes or something, and it ended up with 10 and four in 24 minutes. He shot 71% again, blocked a shot. I do not believe that he's a must-roster 12-team player. In category leagues, I can see it. But a notoriously bad permanent category league player who's coming off the bench behind a lottery center is not someone I want to hold in a category format. I just don't. And I also think he's a bad on-court player, and that will further reduce his minutes. If you want to do it, there's no problem. He will have better games than this, and he will have worse games than this. I can guarantee you that through the season. I just don't want to be in the Marvin Bagley business, so I wouldn't be bothered holding him. Duran, 24 minutes for Jalen. Most importantly, he started. He got into foul trouble, so that kept it down. But three points, 13 rebounds, a steal. He still can do more defensively. He still can do more blocking. still can do more offensively. I think he's worth having. Corey Joseph had seven points with seven assists and two steals. I hate that I have to talk about Corey Joseph. But here we are. Don't do anything with him outside of deep leagues. But Jaden Ivey. The situation with him continues really to be the same. Um, he's a rookie guard, a rookie shooting guard, and they almost invariably always suck, especially ones with poor fantasy profiles, low rebounds, steals, assists, field goals, and free throw percentage, and low volume threes, which is exactly what Jaden Ivey is. Now, when we hit to March and the fantasy playoffs, he might have figured stuff out and he might roll top 60 value for you. Can you deal with top 200 value until then? And that's going to be entirely dependent on your team. Who's on the wire? Are you first? Hold him. Are you seventh? No way. You can't deal with this negativity. He gets benched almost every game. He did score. Again, it's, it's a very Lonnie Walker game in that there's good points. 16 of them, but one rebound, two assists. He had a steal on the box. That's good. But 38 from the field, 75 from the line. Just another subpar game. He's outside the top 240 for the season. Oh, sorry, over the last week. Outside the top 170 for the season. In a points league, I think he's a must hold. Right, very different game there. He's a hundredth for points leagues. He, he's a must hold. Category leagues? Nope. I, I don't think he's a must. Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Eight points, two threes, 24 minutes. I don't think he's very good. I don't think he's a power forward. I don't think he's a starting center. I don't know what the point of him is. I think he probably still is a hold. Like, I would hold him over Marvin Bagley. I would probably hold him over Jaden Ivey. But I'm not sure there's any upside in Stewart. I just don't think he's very good. Sadiq Bay had 14 points in 26 minutes. If I was the Pistons, and I'm not, because I wouldn't do basically any move that they've done, apart from drafting Kate, and I would have drafted Ivey. Um, I would start Bay. Bay, Bay and Duran, to me, he's got more of a chance of being your front court of the future than Stewart and Duran has. It's stupidity what they're doing. Bay had 14 points. Now he, I don't, I don't think Sadiq Bay is a good player either, and he's not a great fantasy contributor. But you know, 14 points, four threes, two steals. It's okay. He's on the borderline for me with 12 teams. Really borderline. Alec Burks had 11 in 24 minutes there as well. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. If you need to hire someone for your small business, maybe you're a Midwest NBA franchise who has a head coach and maybe a general manager who are underperforming somewhat and you need to get a job and just cut out all of the bad. Look, imagine someone, you're there and you see an application come in. It says, 
David Kahn. How did that go through my uh, screening question filter? He's not applying for the general manager job. What are we doing here? And then we see head coach application, Jim Boylan. I, I put a specific filter that said anyone whose last name is Boylan cannot apply. Well, on LinkedIn Jobs, you can put all these things in, all these screening questions. Have you ever been a head coach of the Chicago Bulls for two or three seasons and when they were terrible? Well, if someone says yes to that, you don't hire them. That's how LinkedIn Jobs works. You go in, you create the job. On your profile, you put up the purple hashtag hiring frame. That tells people that you're hiring as well. And those screening questions, other sites, that don't work that well. But this one does because those screening questions will get rid of the David Kahn applications. It'll get rid of the Jim Boylan applications. It'll get rid of the Nate Bjorkren applications. You only get the good ones coming through. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, next one. It is the Kings going down to the New York Knicks. 112.99 final score here. There was no um, Darren Fox. Still dealing with that foot issue. Um, Keegan Murray. Impressive um, volume here. 35 minutes, 18 and 7. Now, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks is troubling. 40% shooting is not good. The, The impressive thing there is getting the extra minutes. Now, I think some of that is because Darren Fox is out. They need an extra person to take shots. But... I'm not massively high on Murray rest of season, but he's playing well. If he was dropped, go and grab him, and we'll see where it goes. Davion Mitchell, I'm convinced, is a waste of lottery pick from the Kings. Uh, I, I don't think he's very good. And even in these situations where Fox is out, he's not really doing much, is he? Like, I like the opportunity when Fox is out to grab a starting point guard, but 7-3-2, and two, what's that doing? It's been like that every game. I probably would persist because I can see me saying, nah, drop him. And then he starts and has 18, 8, and 8 or some shit like that. But I don't know why I would think that. Nothing this season would tell me that's going to happen. Vander Pants had 17, 5, and 6, while Sabonis had 20 and 12. Unfortunately, he just murdered your free throws on a day like today um, and didn't get any defensive stats. While Monk has really struggled at the moment. 12 points on 15 shots is terrible. I like that he took 15 shots. I, I think he, he's moving towards a drop. He's very borderline for 12-team leagues. In general, I hold a little bit longer, but I can see him being moved. While the pencil Harrison Barnes, Barnesy. 15 points on bad percentages. And of course, with Harrison Barnes, no defensive stats and only two rebounds. We're not at that area yet where, you know how I have that cutoff where we get to the playoffs that a guy who can be a top 130 player is really useful in fantasy playoffs. But when you're trying to cycle through and get streaming value and try and find the next guy who's going to hit, it's not valuable during the year. So Barnes to me is fine to hold. He's fine to drop. And when you get close to the playoffs and you need to make sure you're just getting the best players in, that's where it makes more sense. Or if you're starting to get desperate for wins, like that production can be useful rather than taking flyers and having cracks at blokes to try and get some extra value. Not much else happening with this squad, I don't think. Onto the Knicks. Um, Julius Randle was on fire, then he got ejected. 27 and 8 with three threes in 27 minutes. He took a ton of shots. 37 usage is crazy, but he's on fire. Top 20 player over the last week. There is going to be a drop off here. If you could sell for top 40, I would. I don't think you can do it, but I would try it. Well, Ryan Barrett also had a massive game. This is the best game Barrett's ever had. 27, 9, and 6, three steals, two blocks. Now, 43% shooting. Yeah, that's what he does. 78 from the line. That's about what he does. 
He never does this in other stats. So nine rebounds, six assists, three steals, two blocks. I'll guarantee you he's never had a game with those, hitting all those markers. No chance. It's a great game. He's playing really well. And again, we look at him as a points guy and you've got to be able to deal with the negative percentages. And that's why you roster him. This other stuff, I'm not convinced it's real, but it's encouraging. 44 minutes is a lot of minutes. Quentin Grimes. This is why he's more of a 14 team than a 12 team, I think. He's still borderline to me. 7, 6, and 3, but played 42 minutes. Shot 25%. Now, if he had a shot 50%, couple of extra buckets there, that puts you to 11, 6, and 3, which is probably a 12-team league line. But it's a little bit up and down, isn't it? I think you can have him in 12s. You definitely have him in 14s. Uh, well, Mitchie Robinson had some uh, some foul trouble. In fact, he fouled out in 19 minutes. 12 and 9 with two blocks is good. And Hartenstein didn't really take advantage. He got the minutes, 26 of them, but 4 and 9. Well, quickly had 12 and 4, and McBride played... 21 minutes old juice. I am going to drop a deuce on everybody. I think juice is a nice 20 team league option while he is getting these minutes, which I think he continue to do. We also got eight minutes of Jericho Sims as Thomas Thibodeau continues to try and run the two centers together. Or did he in this one? Yeah, he did. Anyway, that's uh, how the old mate rolls. Let's go on to this next one. The Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. Yeah, they beat the Raptors 111.99. Let's talk about Toronto, who were without OG Ananobi, who has been clearly their second best player this season. Van Vliet, 36% shooting is still rough, but 20 and 4, 7 assists, 4 steals, 2 threes is great. 42 minutes is great. Siakam, 19, 6 and 7, definitely not his best game, but solid. Boucher played 28 minutes with OG out. He was a great stream with a starter out. We know this. Starter out, stream Boucher. 12 and 5, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Good numbers. And Gaz Trent went back to starting, played 44 minutes. He had 24 points, but he only walked his way to three rebounds and one assist. Shot 44%. This is good. This is a hold for Gaz. But again, long-term, when you get Porter, Hernan Gomez, Achua, Ananobi all playing, I don't think there's 30 minutes there for Gaza. But now we hold. Coloco got benched, didn't start the second half. He had two blocks in seven minutes, but he's obviously not a rosterable guy here. But if you did stream for blocks, you got the two of them. That's good. And then we had Ken Birch start the second half. Don't worry about him. Let's, you know, in the in the off season, I um made some jokes about Scotty Barnes because people think that I hate Scotty Barnes because I just didn't think that he was the best rookie last season. That's what I said. People think I hate him, and I made a lot of jokes saying you know I wouldn't pick him round four in a G League fantasy draft, and he's overrated. They're obviously all jokes, but we've we've got to have a legit like conversation about like he just doesn't look right at all. He's just not good at the moment. I think. If you sprain your ankle preseason, early season, and try and rush back, which I'm sure is what happened, it has a long-standing impact on your play this season. And I am thinking that that is got to be what's happening here with Barnes because he's legitimately been terrible. 41 minutes, 11 points, two rebounds, zero assists, 23% shooting. His shooting's gone backwards. He's outside the top 85 for the season in fantasy. We expected a lot of these guys to take steps forward, which is reasonable because second-year players almost invariably do. And they all haven't. Well, that's not true. Not all of them. But um, Barnes, backwards. Mobley, backwards. Cunningham, backwards. Suggs, maybe he didn't go backwards. Bugner went forwards. Herb Jones went backwards. A lot of these guys just regressed. It's probably a buy low for Scotland. But he's, he's just... He's not playing well. And... 
don't know if my evaluation has changed him because I wasn't massively high, as high, well, that's not true. wasn't as high on him on others. But I'm also, I don't think he's this bad. For the magic, uh, Mo Bamba. One, two, three, four, five. He played well today. 18 and nine, two threes, two blocks, 100% shooting. Further adding to the complication of what do we do with Bamba and Bowl and Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner played 21 minutes, not good. Bowl Bowl played 22 minutes, had three blocks, but not good. Again, this whole team remains mega confusing. Harris, Suggs, Carter, AKK, and Isaac are all still to return. So the value you're squeezing out of Mo Wagner probably doesn't last. Mo Bamba's value probably doesn't last. Bol Bol's value probably doesn't last. And then you've got the guard situation where Marco Fultz had foul trouble early and played 23 minutes for seven points while Anthony had 14, six, and six. Fultz looks really bad compared to what he was last season. Anthony's solid, but I don't really have faith in either of these guys. I just think that all of these players, and they even mix Jalen Suggs in there and Gary Harris when they come back, it's going to be you pick one one day and it's someone else the next day and it's someone else the next day and it's someone else the next day. Outside of Bunkero and Wagner and, and Wendell Carter when he returns, it's just going to be a mess. And I, I honestly cannot get a hand, a handle on what the hell goes on with their rotation or how they're going to work things. I am more confused about this team than I have been with any other team. But I feel good about saying that the value of Bol and probably Fultz and probably Anthony and Mo Wagner is going to drop. And we got a glimpse of it today. It's just a messy... They won, though, but it's a messy situa situation. 20 and 12 for Bunkero with five assists, subpar shooting, which is normal for him at this point. Um, let's get back to... like, Do we add Mo Bamba? I wouldn't feel good about it. Do we drop Mo Wagner? You can. That's what I'm sort of sitting there. What do we do with Anthony and Fultz? Markel's struggling a little bit here. Cole's being okay, but it's not dominating. I'm going to feel like I'm going to go back and forth on these all season. Like, oh, maybe at the moment, it looks like Anthony's a better option. And then in a week, it'll be Fultz, and then Suggs will jump in. And in the end, I don't think any of them are going to blow through the top 100 and be these guys that you absolutely have to have a hand, uh, a hand on. Like, you don't have to. And I don't know, it just annoys me talking about this team because the patterns and the production is so all over the place that it's really hard to understand. I just realized that with that Knicks-Kings game, I didn't talk about Jalen Brunson, and I should have. So I'm going to do it now. Jalen Brunson, because we heard news after the, the game in the press conference. So if you did angrily comment or mention that I didn't mention it, we're here now. Um, Brunson hurt his ankle. He only played 27 minutes, 18-3-3 and with two steals. If he does miss time and they're not sure he's going to play on Wednesday, then Emmanuel quickly gets a huge boost and becomes a 12-team option, and Juice McBride pushes into being at least like a 14-team league guy. But Brunson's injury here, I think, is part of the reason that Barrett was able to do better than he did. It probably also helps Grimes somewhat as well. But quickly, is I would imagine they would give quickly first crack at that. Maybe they, I don't think they'll put Derek Rose in as a starter, but probably they give quickly an opportunity to do it. And that would make him a really strong ad. So I, I do apologize for not um, not mentioning that earlier. I don't know what happened there and what, why, I didn't, um, why I didn't talk about it. But Brunson hurt his ankle. He's questionable for Wednesday, and there is going to be some value for quickly, an improvement for Rose, but also Duke McBride moves up in a couple of different league sizes as well. Apologies. Again, apologies for not mentioning that earlier. All right, so the last couple of games are pretty stupid, so let's talk about them. Uh, now, the Atlanta Hawks tried to give away the game to the Chicago Bulls, and then somehow snatched victory from the jaws of victory, which is inside the jaws of defeat. I don't know. They win it. 123-122 Atlanta in overtime after Bogdan Bogdanovich fouled DeMar DeRozan on a three-pointer 
DeMar Rosen on a three-pointer. DeRozan hit all three threes, and then there was like half a second left, and AJ Griffin made a game-winning layup. Again, for the second time this season. What a stupid game. DeRozan, 45 minutes, 34, 13, and 8. Unbelievable from the line, 14 of 15. We had Alex Caruso out, and then he was replaced by Ayo Desumu, who was also out. 14 minutes, Desumu lasted. Two points. So I don't know whether Desumu with an abdominal contusion is going to get back faster than Caruso with a back contusion. What I know is that neither of them are good enough to hold through uncertainty. So see you later. In fact, should we jack him? Yeah, let's jack him. What it did mean is that Kobe White played 31 minutes, 12-6-4 with four threes. That's something to watch for 14-team leagues. Andre Drummond played only 16 minutes, but had 14-9 and nine with five steals. I mean, if you want to talk about an outlier game, here it is. Don't react to that. Or Derek Jones, that's interesting. 26 minutes for Jonesy. 14-2-2 with two steals and three blocks. We know he can get up for blocks. He's been getting some solid minutes. This is at least 16-team league viable stuff. Levine had 21-3-3. Relatively empty game for him, but he had been really good of late. While Vooch had 13 and 8, another absolutely underwhelming performance from the big fella. It's Vooch. It's Vooch. Pat Williams started over Javante Green. Apparently Green is going to start moving forward, but who knows? Williams had 8 and 7 with two blocks. Hard to consider him must roster nor Javante Green. They're just more like 14 team league guys. On the Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich was great until he fouled DeRozan, but it didn't matter because they won. 28 points, 36 minutes. We love getting lied to about minutes restrictions. It's the best. I'm sure Bogdanovich's knee loves it as well. Oh, 23 minutes, guys. 23. What's he played? Like 70 minutes in the last two games? 36 minutes here. 28, 7, and 5 with six threes. Took 22 shots. This is great. It's also a massive sell high. He's not going to be leading the team in usage like he is here. Um, well, Trey Young, man, he just sucks at the moment. There's, I know they won. There's something wrong here with this team completely. 19, 2, and 14 for Trey on 28% shooting. He is a buy low. But man, he, he really sucks. He can't get anything to fall. While uh, Clint Capella... needs braces. Sorry, Marge. 14 uh, rebounds, 15 points of steal and a block, while Okongwu played 22 minutes, 14-9. Good game from Anyeka. Don't need him in 12 teams. AJ Griffin, who had been dropped in lots of spots, played 40 minutes and had 17 points. Even though DeAndre Hunter returned, and this is what we talked about when Hunter and Collins went down, is that there is the potential of Griffin starting and Hunter moving to the fore. And that's what they did. They benched Jalen Johnson. They also benched Aaron Holiday because, let's be honest, he's not very good. And they started Trent Forrest. Forrest had seven points in 34 minutes with two blocks. Now, he's only like a 16-team league stream for tomorrow, but he's a stream. I would look at Griffin. I think there's value in him. While Jalen Johnson, yeah, that's rough, man. One point in 15 minutes. Uh, I expected him to lose some playing time, but not like that. So I think you can go ahead and drop him. Also, if you added Aaron Holiday, that smells for him. 14 minutes for six points. Um, but yeah, they're in. A, they should be the next team to lose their coach, I reckon. That's my guess with how things go with the Atlanta Hawks this season. The next game is the Milwaukee Bucks, and they lose to the Rockets. The Rockets, who just lost to the Spurs, who also just beat the Sixers. 97 Houston, 92 Milwaukee. Drew had 25, 6 and 8 with three steals. Giannis had 16 and 18 with a steal and two blocks and just horrific percentages. 41 from the field and 33 from the line. That kills you. Still good for points leagues, but rough from uh, categories. Well, Punchbot played 28 minutes, 17 and 15. So why did Punchbot play those minutes? Well, Chris Middleton lasted six. Scoreless in that time. This is an absolutely gigantic buy low for Chris Middleton. He sprained his ankle. I don't know if he's going to miss time or how long it's going to be. But there are people who drafted him, round five. 
sat through way longer than expected return date. And he's come back and he's struggled in most of these games. If you can get him outside the, for outside the top 80 player, it's possible. People are frustrated. People are claiming he's the worst pick they've made in years. That's how frustrated they are. You can probably get him at a discount in a trade, and I, I would try to do that. Grayson Allen, look, he's never going to blow you away, and 17% shooting is the opposite of blowing you away. It's 11 points with two threes, but the fact that he took 12 shots and played 29 minutes and Middleton's hurt, I think Allen's a 12-team league option for now, for short term. And Javon Carter's back on the menu. Nine points with three threes in 28 minutes. He does get a boost because Middleton's out. Brook Lopez struggled seven points, but had three blocks, shot 25%. We know that he's going to fall away from the top 40 player that he currently is. We know that's going to fall off. Um, but how much of it falls off, we don't know. The Portis value is going to rise again here because of Middleton's absence too. For the Rockets, we had good Jalen Green in this one. Filipino legend, 30-7 and seven with three threes. 57%. We know that we're going to get a 30% shooting game probably coming up next, but this was great, as it was for cousin Kevin Porter. 18-3-7 with two steals and a block and hit his free throws and shot 50%. And Jabari Smith played 35 minutes. Now, 11% shooting is what you would call dreadful, but one of the appeals of Smith coming out of college was steals, blocks, and rebounds. He had 10 boards. He had three steals. He had a block. He's a top 70 player over the last week. After all of the bullshit to start the season, he's coming good. Only 27 minutes for Shengun, which is really frustrating. 8-8 eight and eight for him with a steal and a block. Congratulations to John Lucas as well, who is the coach. Also, commiserations. Oh, not commiserations. That's not the right word. Condolences to um, Stephen Silas, who lost his father, uh, Paul Silas, uh, died overnight. So, yeah, that's, that's terrible news for Stephen. And um, hopefully, him and his family are coping okay with that. Um, yeah, but John Lucas gets the win here. 8-8 eight and eight for Shengun. And they ran a weird three-center rotation with Garuba getting 11 minutes and Fernando getting 10 minutes. For what reason, I have no idea. It's a disappointing game from Shengun. I think he's a massive buy low at the moment. Tari preseason played 13 minutes. Had seven usage. Prior to today, Eason was a top 50 player over the last week. Seeing him score zero points in 13 minutes and play only 13 minutes and have only seven usage is, is jarring. I still think he's worth a hold if you're in a strong position. It's a luxury stash. He's still got his two steals, but that's frustrating to see. KJ Martin had a good game, 10-7, and seven, but prior to today, he'd been outside the top 300 over the last week and really struggling, and I don't think that he's a 12-team league ad. But some good performances there. Green, Porter, Smith, really good. Uh, disappointing from Shangun, disappointing from Eason as well. Eric Gordon had nine points in his 30 useless minutes. Let's do the monstrous line of the night. It goes, it goes, it does go, of course, to Joel Embiid. Pretty obvious one there. Anthony Davis, not far behind. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. is your waiver wire line of the night. Really good performance, really good defensive stats from Jones. That's like 16 team league sort of stuff, I think. Um, young gun is Paolo Bunquero, and the dud of the night is Jose Alvarado, who really, really struggled today. The top 10 players in category leagues, number one, Joel Embiid, followed by Davis, Boyan Bogdanovic, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Larry Nance, Drew Holiday, Ron Barrett Jr., LeBron James, and Terry Rozier. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. It's Jones and Drummond. I don't think there's anything in 12 or 14 team leagues there. Torrey Craig probably is a 12er. Kobe White, there might be an opportunity for him to be a streamer, but at least in 14 team leagues. Najee Marshall, as long as Ingram and Jones are out, then yes, 12 teams. Corey Joseph, no. KJ Martin, no. Austin Reeves, no. Dyson Daniels, no. Javon Carter, maybe. Especially if Chris is out, Javon becomes at least a 14-team league ad, maybe a 12-team league player. And your top 10 players in points leagues for today, Embiid, Anthony Davis, DeMar DeRozan, RJ Barrett, James Harden, John Ray Ayton, 
LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, CJ McCollum, and Drew Holiday. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.